Hi and welcome to a special episode of the Insights podcast series from Axel. I'm your host Anand Daniel. On behalf of Axel, wish you all a fantastic 2020. We have a very special episode for you today. In 2019, we had the good fortune of featuring some of the most insightful and successful entrepreneurs, not just from India, but from across the globe in our podcast series. We began the Insights series with the vision to pick the minds of the world's best innovators and startup champions and share their wealth of information with those who aspire to start companies that touch millions of lives across the globe. In this episode, we decided to do a roundup of the top insights from 2019. Here are our 12 highly recommended insights for founders who are chasing their dreams to build a startup. broadly split the podcast into four sections. First, finding the right opportunity. Second, building a team and culture to go after that idea. Third, raising money for the venture and building a sustainable company. And finally, some key lessons for founder growth. This first section is about finding the right opportunity. Before thinking of a successful business, or about living the startup life that is the bare essential task that every founding team goes through which is that of finding the right opportunity this defines the business and gives everyone involved a true sense of purpose years later it is this very opportunity that clearly stands out when someone says here's why we started this many founders pick opportunities without thinking deeply about how widespread the problem they are really solving is and end up picking niche opportunities others don't spend enough time studying their customers and still others spend too much time strategizing and not launching a minimum viable product and learning from the customers let's now listen closely as farid from sharechat tells us about how they discovered their idea and went about implementing it uh, ankush figured out an anomaly in the behavior of people on facebook groups and whatsapp groups uh that we saw that there was a post um, on facebook in a sachin tendulkar fan page that i am making a whatsapp group of sachin tendulkar please give me your phone numbers and below that post he saw there were some 80000 people who had shared phone numbers mobile numbers mobile numbers yeah. and uh, this was like the eureka moment that uh, why is this happening why are people sharing phone numbers on a facebook group for getting onto a whatsapp group because facebook should essentially be the place where all sachin tendulkar's content should come in, in that fan club but people want to move to a whatsapp group that means there's something lagging mm-hmm. or something missing in the facebook group which whatsapp is actually providing or or it's just comfort or it's something mm-hmm. that whatsapp has which facebook doesn't have right now and uh, with this hypothesis we uh, took all those phone numbers put them in our own whatsapp groups because we knew nobody could add 80000 people in a whatsapp group mm-hmm. but you can do it via code 
you can parse all those comments get all those numbers put them in your phone book get you know automatically build those groups and then observe so we started observe. so we had around 600 whatsapp groups like 200 each in the three of our phones mm-hmm. and we just started observing <laughs> uh, what these users were doing and we had shut down opinion mm-hmm. on the other side and this is december 2014 we just started observing why people are doing things this way why are they on whatsapp what are their problems why do some people fight on whatsapp groups why uh, people share on whatsapp groups what is the brag worthy proposition in being able to share on whatsapp groups and that is where we came with the core idea that you know look uh, people make whatsapp groups because they want to find content uh, which is most relevant to them they are not able to search they are not able to uh, browse because they are on poor internet connections their phones do not support uh, heavy websites their phones do not have great memory cards these people also don't know english beyond 25 words at max the vocabulary is very very limited and moreover um the audience wants to find new people to interact with unlike us who have moved cities the, there were these people who have stayed in the same city for 20 years of their life or 25 years of their life or 30 years of their life have had the same set of 5 to 10 friends have probably gone to the same market for all those years have not have probably hit on the same set of uh, other gender people <laughs> right so um these people want a discovery uh, they want a doordarshan yeah. they want to view outside their world because their world is very limited and the mobile uh, phone acts as a gateway to the new world so if we can smoothen out all these uh, kinks all these uh, problems that this user has while browsing the internet we will be able to be their one stop shop for all content or people discovery needs can you measure the success of a startup idea you can if you pay close attention to human behavior says kunal shah ceo of cred and the former ceo of free charge he's an expert at reading human behavior and has his own framework on how startups can figure out if the your particular idea is creating a delta change in the consumer behavior he also talks about picking a market opportunity with good tailwinds and that being very important to the success of the startup let's listen to kunal i mean i always thought i am a mediocre founder who became successful and i'm like and i was looking at people who are really really smart who were not successful and i'm like why does that happen then i realized that great product market fits even with mediocre founders create a lot of value but terrible product market fits even with the greatest founders can never create value uh, uh, like fighting headwinds has never created value it only burns fuel So how do you kind of constantly find tailwinds was a quest that I was into and I I I came up with a framework to be able to predict success of a startup right and I think I it was more to help the founders understand how things work and I mean the insights actually came from biology right like when does a species wipes out other species when they are in a limited land and what is the dynamics of that and then there's a lot of research on that and the Galapagos island where they observed that the monitor lizards uh, of a certain type when they came to and when the islands merged this a type which was uh, built with less resources when the islands merged with, and they just wiped out the other lizards from uh, resources because they could multiply faster so if you think companies are also like species and, and and you are constantly fighting for the resources that are existing even though wealth is not zero sum but you can 
suck a lot more wealth. So I realized that there is a framework and that to me was most interesting is that humans are the only species which can claim that there was nothing more efficient 10 years ago. If you ask a lion what was more efficient for you 10 years ago, they'll say life is almost the same. They have this, you know, waiting for evolution to make them more efficient. But uh, humans are the ones which are constantly finding tools and technologies to become more efficient. Like if I asked you what is more efficient 10 years ago, the answer is you probably not will answer a single thing because all the efficient stuff is in the future. All the inefficient stuff is in the past. Next, let's listen to Ritesh Arora, co-founder and CEO of Browser Stack, a leading global SaaS company. Ritesh brings in a different perspective when he says, think global from the very beginning. There are many Indian startups now looking to go global, both on the B2B and B2C sides. Thinking global is an important skill to develop as a founder and expands the opportunity set greatly for the startup you are founding. Let's hear from Ritesh on this topic. I think uh, the, the the global thing needs to start uh, from the beginning itself. Uh, um, I remember even in our college, uh, we used to like think global and act global. So uh, we, we used to, uh, you know, contribute our contribute to like Firefox developer tools, right? Like all open source to all the open source community. Yeah. Like we were one of the first adopters of Ruby on Rails in India. Yeah. Uh, that happened in back 2005. Um, we had a global Ruby on Rails blog, which actually became one of the most popular blogs of Ruby on Rails. Um, so everything we did and everyone we interacted with was all global. Um, we we read all the blogs, forums, interacted, uh, which was all the global developer community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that led to our seeds of always thinking global and not really thinking about India as the only market. Um, and even when we launched Browser Stack, like, uh, we were very clear. We are actually going to, you know, we're solving a problem of a real user. It doesn't matter where that person sits. Um, and and we never really thought about that we have to do only something in India itself. In the second section, we move on to the building blocks of any organization, the team, starting with the co-founders. Let's see what Naveen Tiwari, the co-founder and CEO of India's first unicorn, in Mobi has to say on this topic. He's a fan of having a co-founder to support the founder's journey and partner the cause of the company. Entrepreneurship can be a lonely journey at times and having a co-founder is a great way to keep yourself going through the rough times. The first two years, it was uh, just, you know, me and myself and we would talk yeah. to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that's yeah. very depressing by the way. and that's why I always say always have a co-founder because you know in these journeys there are there are you know a lot of low moments actually most of them are low moments and you know the co-founder's job is not to really go ahead and like you know help you on strategy at times actually it's far more important role for a co-founder is to bring you out of these low moments which you are constantly in uh and, and vice versa. Next, let's listen to Benny Bunsell, co-founder of Flipkart, who takes us through the importance of the team for scaling the company. He talks of the importance of letting go and trusting the right people to take over key tasks that you've been managing as a founder. I feel this is an important section for founders because many founders find it difficult to let go 
what Benny Pansal is going to be talking about. They want to perform all tasks themselves, but there's only so much time you have in a day. And as a founder, it's important not only to hire good people, but empowering them and letting go of tasks and trusting them to do the right thing. Let's listen to what Benny has to say. We were just growing crazy and the only way we saw that we can scale as a company is have people like us doing things, mm-hmm. right? There, there's going to be 100x of things to do mm-hmm. and then 100 people will need to be working like we work every day. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of clear. And so we would look for people who who you can let, I mean, the way to let go is to actually get people to a point where, uh, or hire people in, in a way, or after you hire, get them to a point where you can actually so hand was them to a point where yeah, can, and then you can just give it away, right? Got so, it. So was it difficult to give it away early days, or it came naturally to the two of you, or I think it depends on uh, where who you are giving it to and where that person is. Uh, uh, how much trust do you have? So mm-hmm. I think it was completely based on that. For example, I mean, with Sujit, within a week of his coming in, like he had clearly understood what we were doing, and he was uh, thinking of ideas which we had never thought before. Like I had never thought before, so. Uh, it was clear that he was just much better at doing that what I was doing so was just, doing? it was very easy to give it away <laughs> <laughs> I was very much a roadblock yeah so, so like working with vendors you know bringing them on board yeah. convincing them yeah. uh, getting better margins yeah. getting working capital terms yeah. yeah all those things he had done it before so, or he no, just picked it up was better at it. okay so, got it so uh, I think one is yeah you have to get people who, who you can give it to right yeah. and once you see that they're better at it you do go or something else that she was going to add value. When you have a team ready, what do you do next? The answer is quite simple. Work on the culture. Girish Matrabodham, co-founder and CEO of Freshworks, talks about the culture of the company as well as when he started thinking of it. He also emphasizes on the importance of cultivating an environment that inspires, motivates and critically analyzes the company and the work it does. So before starting talking about culture, I'll also st- talk about something that we fundamentally believe. Okay. Right? <clears throat> now, I think even before I started Freshworks, when I was in Zoho, I was very happy with my career. Mm-hmm. But I used to meet some friends and cousins who used to always crib about their work. And I used to wonder... If you are so unhappy with your work, mm. why don't you just quit and find another job, right? Why would somebody continue to spend years of their career and being unhappy, right? So this is a subconscious uh, belief in my mind where when I started Freshworks, I wanted Freshworks to be a place where people can be happy mm. and happy about their work. So... So that is our first culture value, which is Mm. happy work environment with the double quotes on work. Mm. Because anybody can create a happy environment. Like, uh, let's say you have a lot of games, flexi timing, free food. The environment can be very happy, right? But what the happiness I am talking about is people really feeling that, hey, I am playing to my strength. The job that I am doing is like really tapping my potential. It's giving me an opportunity to learn. I'm working with other smart people and I can... I have a manager who's a role model. So these are all the things that was is what is important for an employee to be happy in their company. Nothing else matters, mm. right? And interestingly, you see, I, I don't look at uh, 
salary is the only thing that will make somebody happy like if you hire that kind of employee the culture is going to go for a toss moving on to section 3 we'll be talking here about raising money for the venture and building a sustainable company with a vision that is boundless comes a need to find the right support and this is where finding the right investor will really help a startup but fundraising can be a daunting task for the first time founders and might end up taking some amount of time this is where meeting investors before fundraising becomes an essential element here's harsh jain ceo and co-founder of dream 11 on the topic i took two and a half years to raise our series a because of the regulatory issues regulatory right? issues correct yeah. no but also the business yeah. you know when you go and pitch um, oh i've got so many people playing and then a vc asks okay what's your contribution margin what's your gross margin mm. and you show this dumb face like you know <laughs> yeah. you've never heard of these words yeah. before yeah. um i think we had about over 150 noes yeah before our first yes yeah but each one of those noes is critical we um founders also go and start pitching when you're ready to ask for money I think that's the worst thing. Mm. You have to meet VCs mm. six months before you want to raise money, you, or maybe even a year before you want to raise money, and you should go to VCs and tell them, "I'm not looking to raise money, right?" But, But give feedback. Yeah, here's what you're doing because that takes the pressure off the meeting. Otherwise, the meeting is like you know a decision you're trying to make. Yeah. If you're coming in and saying, "I don't want to raise money, but I want to open a relationship, start a relation, and start a rapport with you." give me honest open feedback they will be able to tear down your business and you will also take that advice but when you're pitching you're basically selling mm-hmm. so you can't allow someone to break down your business completely and make you seem like you don't know what you're doing right so you're always defending in a open meeting you're just like bring it right tell me everything that's wrong with the business and you will be able to show vc's progress every quarter right mm-hmm. Hey you know you told me last quarter to do these things I tried this I tried this and this is where we are as long as you build that journey with a VC they are much more vested mm. to then look at funding We have so far talked about the opportunity building the right team to go after the opportunity and raising funds for the company In the next section we're going to discuss sustainable scaling It is super important to build a company that can scale sustainably and for this to happen it is important to figure out a business model with good unit level economics. Let's hear from Deep Kalra, founder and group CEO of Make My Trip, a publicly traded company. Talk about the importance of unit economics and how it is critical for sustainable scaling. We were very clear that we had to on a variable cost basis we had to recover all costs okay. so when we talk about unit economics now i really think that's an important lesson where whatever you do irrespective of the kind of business you should not be losing money on a variable cost basis mm. so just to explain that further not for your benefit because you know this but many many folks out there uh your fixed cost can be amortized and therefore as you get scale you can get that going and your fixed cost can even be a degree of branding but if you're giving discounts or this is your cost of goods um on on anything sold then you must take that into account whatever business you're in and as i say even if you make 1 rupee 
on a transaction, it's fine because mm-hmm. when you do a million transactions a day, as people are doing today, you're making a million rupees a day, which is 10 lakhs a day, which is not bad. Yeah. So that's the way to think about it. So you have to really re-engineer costs, look at what you can make so that you are not only break even, but slightly positive. At the that's gross a really margin. important lesson. Yeah. yeah, it's a really at variable cost space. Yeah. I think that's very important. Yeah. Moving on to the final section of the podcast on founder growth. With a vibrant culture in place and a definitive objective and team that focuses on building to scale, we come to a more internal journey of founder growth. Shraddha Sharma, founder and CEO of Your Story, has to be the perfect spokesperson for this. She talks about the founder growth journey being more internal and the need to back yourself as a founder. Entrepreneurship is a journey of patience and perseverance. Let's listen to Shraddha talk about her journey. I chose to be the heroine of my story. I chose not to be the victim of my story because I could be a victim and I could be a victim throughout. But I chose that everything which came as a block stone on, you know, thrown on me, I made use of every stone. And second is I was very clear on in my dreams. While I had crazy dreams, I knew that my business is not going to be an overnight success. I knew it's going to be time. It will require patience. So those reality checks were there. I was not expecting to be a unicorn or a billionaire uh, or make huge money because I know that even I have lots of money what will I do because my biggest joy comes from this I was also very clear that I don't have and the biggest journey if you say in the last 10 years has been more internal and it's a mind journey and uh, coming to terms with your own self your own drive we think we know what we want but we one it keeps on changing and second thing you have to really really internally reflect very deeply to understand what you want and I if you ask me it has taken me a long time to realize that what I really really want and what gives me high is to be able to you know deeply connect and give an impact and then today I'm unapologetically shamelessly doing that Very few people in this world have been successful both in corporate life as well as in giving back to the society through public life. Nandan Neelakani has crossed this chasm seamlessly. He's the man behind India's Aadhaar program as well as co-founder of Infosys. Nandan talks about the dual approach of being execution-focused and being able to step back to think big picture. Nandan talks about why this is a key skill for founder growth. I think, uh, you, know, uh, you know, obviously, if you are to be a founder, you have to be a doer. Yeah. And because execution, uh, execution is very important. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of execution, execution at scale, at speed, meticulousness, all that. So there's no issue there. Sure. But execution without a strategic framework is also not a good thing. Mm-hmm. So... The thinking comes in defining the strategic framework of where you want to go, how you want to go there, and then converting that into the steps to execute to that goal. Mm-hmm. So that's how the thinker doer helps, being able to visualize an end game or visualize a, some audacious goal and being able to segment Make that and execute that into a sequence of activities and fr- and also to prioritize them, saying this should be done now and that should be done. That comes, you know, and you do it for a long time, that comes instinctively. So that ability is all, I think, required for a founder to do. To, to be able to switch. Any practical tips on how you do it? Do you carve out time? There are people who go out, think for a week, 
or any no, no, I spent a lot of time thinking okay that is true uh, no you just visualize the future okay going back to your CEO days or the yeah. founder days or or the UID days yeah. so how do you, yeah, you because that's the chaos of execution yeah, yeah. how do you extract yeah, from that yeah yeah. So, yeah 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 you, uh, you should absolutely be execution focused mm-hmm. but not only be execution so things to step back mm-hmm. either get time or think or whatever but also always think about what is the end game look like mm-hmm. where do i want to be you know whether it's whether i want to be a billion dollar revenue company or whether i want to have half a billion people on aadhar in 5 years whatever my goal is don't deviate from that and fo- that should be the laser focus on that goal you know so in your mind everything you do should relate back how is this activity going to get me to that goal mm-hmm. so i may do a lot of tactical things every day but finally i should say this thing i did today ultimately will lead to that goal apart from being competent and capable the founder must also have irreplaceable perseverance ritesh agarwal founder and ceo of oyo india's largest hotel chain which is now in 60 countries and counting talks about the importance of perseverance as a key skill for founder growth so regardless of age group perseverance is the single most valuable uh, learning i have had i have a short career i'm still learning and i'm building my career but i feel that in my short learning perseverance has no uh, replacement remembering that there is always light at the end of the tunnel and continuously investing in the same direction for a long period of time is the most important and that's something that i have uh, learned in the short experience Now coming to the final section on family life. It is often said the journey of an entrepreneur is one that needs to be traveled alone. Long hours and a single-minded focus are key for an entrepreneur's success. How then can a founder balance his family life? How can he ensure that his mission is not at the expense of the happiness of his loved ones? Let's listen to Dheeraj Pandey, chairman and CEO of publicly traded company Nutanix. on his valuable insight into this important issue yeah, yeah it's a hard one actually yeah. i mean you really are doing this entrepreneurship with your significant other mm-hmm. and they have to be as much a partner in this as you are they might not be coming to your office uh, but they are pretty much uh, as involved in this because otherwise uh, if not it's very hard to run a robust venture of any kind actually you know i mean you are at war mm-hmm. and when you go home you don't want to be at war mm-hmm. right so it's so important that you reduce friction mm-hmm. and really have it be a joint sort of goal both the company as well as the company at home which is you know you know whether it's your children or your parents whatever um i'm not the best of fathers i could do a lot more in mm-hmm. terms of spending time with my children I'm not the best of husbands i could do a lot more um but it's important to have that humility to go and at least say sorries and the thank yous and uh really uh not uh sort of re- i mean not believing that your professional goals are yours alone mm. you have to think it is actually something that you share with your spouse and with that i think there'll be a little bit more peace at home mm-hmm. so that you can be at war outside 
that brings us to the end of this special episode. There were a lot of good nuggets of wisdom coming from some of the leading founders from not only India, but also from around the globe. Hope you took some good notes and you can apply some of these lessons in your own entrepreneurial journey. Here at Axel, we'd love to hear from you on what episodes of the Insights podcast series you've enjoyed and what are the key lessons you've learned from listening to the podcast. We are also always open to feedback on what other topics we can cover that can help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Once again, wishing you a fantastic 2020. We have an exciting new season of the Insights podcast series from Axel planned for you for 2020. We'll come back with more news on that in just a couple of weeks. Stay tuned. In the meantime, we look forward to hearing from you at Axel underscore India on Twitter. And you can find more podcasts from the series at insightspodcast.in.